Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Today I'm going to talk about what I think is a very dangerous and sensitive and frightening topic, which is obviously there's a civil war in this country. It's not the coming civil war. We're in it. It's being, it's being run by the left. Have you forgotten that for over a year they've been burning and looting BLM, Antifa, amongst the most obvious? Uh, years ago, I wrote a book, Can America Survive Another Civil War? It was written in 2013. And I said that the nation was in real trouble and the seeds of a second conflagration had been sown. I predicted then and I predict now that it would be not between the states, but between true patriots who believe in our nation's founding principles. And those, I believe, are working every day to undermine those principles and change the very nature of our country. Remember, I said that in 2013. What is it that Biden and Harris and the shadowy people behind them are doing? They're transforming America in front of our eyes. Yeah, I say today, as I said then, maybe it won't be a war of bullets and blood, although it's become that already, but one of commitment to freedom and courage of conviction. And we're facing more than just political differences now. The split between right and left is irreparable, as we see. I've been raising my voice for over 20 years, and I'm telling you that the situation is urgent it's in the red zone. I'm raising my voice again, even louder, by telling my savage truth. I said stop the coming civil war, but apparently the left didn't hear me because they want a civil war. I'm trying to galvanize every liberty-loving American and warn the enemies of our way of life that difficult as the path ahead may be. The time has come. The line must be drawn. Why have so many of our top military commanders been pushed aside by Biden after years of brave service. Okay. What about our foreign policy? Reaching out to Iran, who's now racing to develop nuclear weapons. Russia marshalling troops on the border of Ukraine because of the anti-Russia rhetoric of Biden and his team of maniacs. Pitting the Israelis against Arabs again in the Middle East after Trump had restored peace. What does it mean for our freedom and our way of life? that negligent immigration law enforcement allows illegal aliens to come over the southern border, many with COVID, not only with little fear of penalty, but being welcomed in by the gangsters in so many different so-called uh, religious groups like Catholic charities. Let me tell you, the civil war is here and it's happening. How do we save the nation? And that is what the title of this podcast is going to be leading us to, which is how do we stop the coming civil war? How do we preserve the middle class? 
how do we stop the war that has been going on against our borders, language, and culture? How do we stop the war on our military? How do we stop the war on the middle class? How do we stop the war in American medicine, namely COVID? How do we stop Biden's war on civil rights? How do we stop Fauci's war on science? How do we stop Biden's war in our schools? As this podcast goes to press, an article appeared that was so deceptive about Pelosi and packing the courts that I must read it to you. And of all places, it's in Murdoch's New York Post. It says, Pelosi rejects court packing bill and refuses to bring it to a vote. I said, wow, that's great. She's a centrist. They write, Pelosi rejects fellow Democrats court packing bill would not bring it to vote. I said, wow, so what does she know that we don't know? That's great. But it was a lie. That's not what she's going to do. Here is what she actually said. Pelosi actually said, I don't know that that's a good idea or a bad idea. I think it's an idea that should be considered. And I think the president is taking the right approach to have a commission to study such a thing. Pelosi said, it's a big step. It's not out of the question. It has been done before in the history of our country a long time ago. She then said that the growth of the country and the size of our country, the growth of our challenges in terms of the economy, etc., might necessitate such a change. Now, remember, this has not been changed since 1869. Are you getting it? It's been done before, Nancy. Wow. So the first articles about her comments were a lie to make her look reasonable. What she actually said is they're going to do it. And between you and I, Michael Savage and you, nobody is stopping them other than the two single Democrat senators who will be pressured to go along with the madness of our times. And my friends, they will pack the court and alter America for the worse. Hang on, because the roller coaster is about to get more dangerous. I'm Michael Savage. Michael Savage, a host like no other. And so now we come to the question of, are we already in a civil war? That's the real question. Some would say, what do you think is going on with Minneapolis burning over the death of another gangbanger? I told you in the last podcast, it was the wrong death. It shouldn't have happened. The cop was fired. The police chief retired. You know, a week before a black man, an ex-NFL player, went berserk, so to speak, he shot a white doctor, 70, his wife and their two grandchildren, and then killed two air conditioning men who were on the property, all white people. Nobody rioted after that. It seems that people only riot when blacks are killed, and this has got to stop, but my saying it isn't going to change a thing, is it? Of course not. So I'm asking the question today. Can we stop the coming civil war? How can you stop something that's already started? Now, when I say civil war, you imagine men in different uniforms at different sides of a picket line firing at each other. We're not going to see massive armies of Americans marching towards each other. You're not going to see that. What we are seeing is a civil war. First, it started with a hatred towards white people that was borderline Stalin's Russia, and it hasn't ended yet. What we're seeing is an insurgency sustained and distributed conflict violence being carried out in this case by the left now many believe we're already in the early stages of a civil war and have been for a while remember in 2013 i wrote a book called stop the coming civil war how does the cia define an incipient insurgency here's how they define it in the cia guide to the analysis of insurgency there's a definition of the incipient insurgency phase, and here's what they say, and I'm quoting now. A conflict in the pre-insurgency stage is difficult to detect because most activities are underground and the insurgency has yet to make its presence felt through the use of violence. The CIA manual goes on. Moreover, actions conducted in the open can easily be dismissed as nonviolent political activity. During this stage, an insurgent movement is beginning to organize. Leadership is emerging, and the insurgents are establishing a grievance huh, and a group identity, beginning to recruit and train members and stockpiling arms and supplies, unquote. That is in the CIA guide to the analysis of insurgency. 
and how they define the incipient insurgency phase. That is exactly where we are. But this has happened in other places in the world. Many civil wars in the world did not and do not have soldiers marching on the battlefield. Did you know that in the early stage of the Syrian civil war, it was fought by paramilitary groups fighting in neighborhoods? Did you know that for 30 years in Ireland, groups of insurgents policed the streets? They disappeared people from their homes. They kidnapped them and removed them. They assassinated political enemies and bomb buildings. There was a so-called Colombian conflict, which was really a civil war. It was an asymmetrical war that lasted almost 60 years. And it was guerrilla groups fighting each other and the government, most famously the FARC, F-A-R-C. You may have seen them in narco shows. During the years of lead in Italy, there were right-wing groups who colluded with the police and assassinated leftist political leaders. That is what civil war looks like now. Armed groups with various objectives trying to take over territory with great cultural and political influence. And they're often violent. So if America goes to an outright civil war, it's not going to look like it did in 1860. It's starting to look like Belfast in 1972 or Aleppo in 2011. But there's more to it than that. The United States is a very big country. It's not a small country like Ireland. Social media is clearly fueling the conflict. Our population is heavily armed. Everyone's frightened. I don't care who you are. You all know something's wrong. Everybody knows something is wrong. The hatred towards white people is like something I never believed could happen in America. How does it happen that we have apartheid in America today where whites are excluded from graduations, where whites are called every name under the sun, where your children are taught to hate their own race? How is it even possible? I want to go to Russia mentally with you for a moment under Stalin because it wasn't about race. It was about class warfare. Before the farms were taken over by the state, who then mismanaged the farms and 30 million Russians died once the Russian government took over the farms. For a while, a long while, there was first a hatred projected against farmers. Remember what I'm saying to you. It was not a racial thing in Russia in the 1930s. Stalin started a war against the farmers, first by slandering them, giving them a name called Kulak. Kulak has many different meanings or could have many different meanings in, in Russian. Exploiter, opportunist, things like that. This is exactly what's going on in America today towards white people. This is coming from the social media. It's coming from the universities. It's coming from blacks. It's coming from uh, white communists. They're targeting white people the way the farmers were targeted in Russia. So the farmers were first called kulaks. And then something horrible happened. Stalin sent his police in to steal the grain from the Russian farmers. He said they were hoarding it for profit, profiteering. And not only did these violent police steal the grain from the poor farmers who were living in huts, they boasted that they even stole their shoes and the pillows from underneath their children's heads as they were sleeping. Did you hear me? Has that happened here yet? No, not. We're not there yet. Then what happened? Then the brutality started. Then Stalin got street thugs, Marxist street thugs from the cities. Sound familiar? Sound like Black Lives Matter? Does it sound like an Antifa? And he sent those violent street thugs out to the farms to beat and kill the farmers. Sound familiar to you? It starts with hate and then the atrocities follow. And the ones who were doing the killing and the hating justify it. They justify their violence on the basis that it is just defensive. They have a belief that some other group is encroaching upon them or that they're racist. Do you understand what's going on? Now, couple that with social media who's not controlling this from the left. And you will have to say that we're already in a state of civil war. We are already there. So I say, years ago, I wrote a book, Stop the Coming Civil War. Would you argue with me that we're already in it? I would say to you, if you look at Syria, Iraq, Ukraine, Ireland, the modern American experience is happening here. The civil war is happening here. It's not a possible future. It's not it could happen here. It is happening here. Has the collapse occurred? No, not at all. 
Many of you can put it out of your minds by watching movies on Netflix or stuffing your face with McDonald's. But I am telling you that it could happen here. It could all collapse. Has anyone noticed a pattern with Joe Biden? Joe Biden, who has opened up the borders like a sardine can and were being overrun by illegal aliens from Central America, 50% of whom are infected with COVID. They're not injected. They're not followed. They're not given passports, meaning COVID passports. You, though, if you walk in a restaurant, they look at you with a thermometer. Every time Biden opens up his mouth, the media says he's a brave man. The Twitter mob says he's a brave man. The American corporations suddenly shift their policies to fit old Uncle Joe's current woke moods. Is that a free and fair society that was envisioned by our founding fathers? Some would say, no, it sounds like Fidel Castro's Cuba, modern day China, or Kim Jong-un's North Korea. Has the media ever questioned Joe Biden's actions? Had they ever asked why he refuses to answer questions? Do they ask why he ignores our border crisis or why Kamala Harris has not yet been to the border? No. Instead, Biden's allowed to go on TV and smile. No one holds him accountable. Any lie he says is printed by the, by the media. We live in America. We have a state-run media, more or less, almost a state-run media, that the government is using to propagandize. If you want to stop Joe Biden and the so-called woke culture from turning us into slaves and turning us into another world that you can never get out of, you have to wake up to the fact that you have to stand up. And you have to stand up and understand that there is a civil war. Let's look at Portland, Oregon. There's a study of what's going on in Portland. And a man named Evans, who's been um, living and covering this in Portland ever since it began, said this. He said, I think it's preparing everyone for the big one. At some point, if this continues, you will have three large groups of armed people show up and begin firing at each other with live rounds. And you'll have multiple casualties. And those three groups are law enforcement, the left and the right, three armed groups. Has it happened yet? Very close. Very, very close. Reprisals, shootings, and we'll be in Syria. Sky Evans said Syria wasn't just Assad and his army versus the people. It was Assad and his paramilitaries. And so we could wind up like Syria. The amount of weapons in this country is greater than that that was in Syria. You've got over 100 million weapons in private hands. You've had about a 6 million spike in weapon purchases in the last year. A nationwide ammo shortage. What do you think is going on? Over 100 million weapons in people's hands. A spike in weapon purchases, especially since Biden's gang took over and a nationwide ammo shortage. What do you think is going on? Sales of guns, ammunition, and body armor are way up in the United States. Now, we've had spikes in firearm sales in the past. They usually happen after a mass shooting when people panic by weapons that they think is soon going to be illegal. And so it's now gotten much bigger. Right after Obama's re-election in 2012, 2 million guns were sold in America. In March of 2020, Americans bought an estimated 1.9 million guns. In April of 2020, the FBI processed 2.9 million background checks for guns. In June, it conducted 3.9 million background checks. Arms manufacturers cannot make ammunition fast enough to keep up with demand. Body armor sales are up as much as 600% for some manufacturers. Biden is not helping. The left-wing paramilitary groups that already exist are clashing with police over every reason imaginable. If a criminal is shot dead in the street as he flees the police, whether it's by accident or on purpose, they start to burn and loot. Meanwhile, the politicians look the other way. Biden says nothing. This is very similar, very, very similar to what's gone on in other countries. We are living in a polarized society where the extreme left is very powerful. And if they do, society will fundamentally change and we need to be fearful of that, said Matt Clement, 
a senior lecturer of criminology at the University of Winchester in the UK. We're in a polarized society where the extreme left is very powerful and may succeed. And if they do, society will fundamentally change and we need to be fearful of that. You're not kidding. Mr. Clement and his co-author Vincenzo Scalia published something called The Strategy of Tension, Understanding State Labeling Processes and Double Binds. It's very academic. It's in the academic journal Critical Criminology. And what it talks about is Italy's years of lead. There was a thing called years of lead. And how the Italian state exploited fear and paranoia to maintain power. Sound familiar? Hmm. So in this climate of polarization and paranoia, many of us don't know what the truth is. And many of us just turn away and say, I don't care whose fault it is. I just don't want it to happen. You want it to go away. And you think it's going to go away. But it won't go away. The communists are on the rise. Those on the right who stood up were labeled Nazis, Ku Klux Klan, white supremacists. But those on the left are called protesters. Where is the truth? No one cares what the truth is. All they do is they turn their heads away and they want it to end. It won't end. And so people turn inward. They do other things. The political machinery of America is broken. Nobody has confidence in this government. Absolutely no confidence in Joe Biden. No confidence in Kamala Harris. No confidence in Nancy Pelosi, the hater. So we're now at the, at the point where this could explode even further. And there are many parallels between Italy at that time and America now. And much depends on what comes very soon. Trump lost. You thought it would have stopped. You sighed with relief, Benny. You said, oh, he's gone. Oh, he's gone. He, he, this is all going to end. We're going to have just a wonderful time now. Are you having a wonderful time now? I don't think we're having a wonderful time now. The social media mavens, you want to call them anything you want, they're letting the extremists on both sides run wild, but mainly killing off those on the right and letting those on the left spew hatred on the social media platforms. You pull back and you say, how can this go on? Somebody's going to step in. How can we stop this? What you have right now, listen to this carefully, is tens of millions of people who are armed to the teeth some of them actively prepared to murder their countrymen. Many of them looking forward to it. Is Joe Biden helping or hurting? Hmm? We have a civil conflict right now, which is not yet a civil war. But I am telling you, as I sit here, what I predicted in my books is happening now. Biden is Obama's puppet. The third Obama term is underway. All you have to do is look at what's going on in America. The hatred of the police. A new deal with Iran who's speeding along with their centrifuges to make a new atomic weapon. And you say no. I say yes. There is a quote that I put in my book years ago that was written by a Thomas Corwin to Abraham Lincoln in 1861. Where he said, I cannot comprehend the madness of the times. Treason is in the air around us everywhere. It goes by the name of patriotism. How do you like that? This is the Michael Savage podcast. I'll be back with more about what is happening in the country, how we have graduated to treason on the left, and how this will not stop and it will not end well. I'll be right back. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. I fear the worst because right now, as you know, Americans are angrier and more divided than I've seen them since the 1960s. And what fires this rage is that we become a post-constitutional society. The system has been turned upside down. What's right is wrong. What's good is bad. What's subversive is patriotic. We now exist at the whim of the social media and lobbyists who control a government that is liable to do anything it wants to satisfy its lust for power. Right now, the nation is a tinderbox that can easily go up in flames, as you could see it already happening right now in Minneapolis. How come when a black man killed a grandfather and his wife and their two grandchildren, all white, and then killed two air conditioning men who were on the property, there was no civil war and no riots? Why? Because only the left 
is doing it. It's a tinderbox that can easily go up in flames because there's going to be a point at which nobody can take this anymore. We are increasingly under the thumb of an administration that is destroying our 200-year-old tradition of defending our borders, language, and culture and replacing it with a culture of statelessness and corruption. Any American who stands up against this tyranny, good, God-fearing people who have had enough of seeing their civil rights trampled, their jobs vanish, their income seized through taxation, the border being overrun, fake scientists telling us to stay hidden inside our houses with masks on, people don't know what to do. But right now we're in a place that mirrors the darkest days of our country's history. On February 10th, 2007, 146 years after Fort Sumter surrendered and the American Civil War began, Barack Obama announced his first presidential campaign in Abraham Lincoln's hometown of Springfield, Illinois. In that speech, you may not know this, Obama declared that like Lincoln, quote, he was out to free a people, quote unquote, and transform a nation, quote unquote. Well, he did free his people. And there's more crime, more murder, more mayhem. And he certainly transformed the nation until Trump came along. And now they're transforming it again. And now we're living in a nation more divided than any since Lincoln's presidency. And we've entered a time and place that may be as dangerous as it was during the Lincoln years. And I worry that as happened in Lincoln's time, we're moving not toward expanded freedom, but toward civil war. I fear the worst. Let me be clear that while Joe Biden is the executive head of the current administration, I am speaking in broader terms than simply about the president alone. I am speaking about Democratic and Republican senators and congressmen who are doing nothing to hold back a government that has, in my opinion, overreached its legal and constitutional powers and brought us under its control. Look at what's happening with COVID. It is coming more and more to resemble a government based not on the rule of law, but on the greed and hunger for power of a crony oligarchy. Think Nancy Pelosi. A civil war would actually enable this crony government to consolidate the power it has already granted itself through the broad use of executive orders, which is what Biden has been uh, doing day and night. The power granted to cabinet secretaries and other political appointees and the unwillingness of our lawmakers to step in and put a halt to this takeover. Does it sound familiar to you? You know that with our nation so divided, the government could marshal all of those on its side. The Transportation Security Administration, that's the TSA, street gangs of thugs, Black Lives Matter, the National Guard, a military now being purged of patriots and without a real command structure loyal to the Constitution. They could marshal all those against those who would stand up to the oppression. You should be very frightened right now. Because something much like what we face today actually happened during Lincoln's presidency. Lincoln was not a saint. As great as he was, he committed crimes against the Constitution and against ordinary citizens. In an 1862 proclamation, Lincoln declared that, quote, rebels and insurgents in the southern states had created an insurrection and they were subject to martial law and their right to a writ of habeas corpus was suspended. How far away are we from Biden doing that, saying that right wing uh, terrorists White supremacists have created an insurrection and they're subject to martial law and their right to a writ of habeas corpus is being suspended. You think it can't happen here? What happened next under Lincoln? Your hero. Lincoln is estimated to have arrested and imprisoned some 20,000 civilians. That was then. 20,000 at that time detained without trials. During the Civil War, Southern prisoners were held in internment camps under deplorable conditions. At Fort Delaware, more than 2,000 Confederate soldiers died of scurvy and dysentery. Confederate prisoners in the Union camp at Rock Island were tortured by being hung by their thumbs. You said you didn't know that. You thought it was just honest Abe, huh? Let us pray that Biden does not literally follow Abraham Lincoln's example. But given Biden's record of ignoring the Constitution and rewriting the law with his executive orders, anything is possible with our rogue president. Don't think it can't happen here. As we have seen with Lincoln, it already has begun. I fear the worst, and you should too. Can the situation in our country actually turn into a shooting civil war? Of course it can. We're seeing the signs of it everywhere. Now let's look at the economy and see what that has to do with this underlying rumbling of a civil war. We have a fragile economy. Don't be fooled. It's not improving. The consumer price index has already risen, meaning the cost of basic goods is going way up under Biden.
We have an inflation that's getting out of control. It's not improving. Why is Bitcoin suddenly trading as a legitimate currency? The fragile economy is not improving. It could be driven to the brink of collapse. The dollar could be worthless by the bursting of the housing bubble or the stock market. Other factors. Then other nations will likely refuse to buy the U.S. Treasury bonds on which we've been financing our soaring debt. The U.S. dollar has long been the currency on which the world's economy is built, but it's becoming increasingly unstable. Consequences will not be good for any of us. The dollar, which has been the global reserve currency, will likely continue to lose value. Prior to 2014, virtually all international sales of oil were settled in U.S. petrodollars. China, one of the largest importers of oil, began settling its foreign oil purchases in yuan, its own currency. Same time, other so-called BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, and South Africa, also moved away from the petrodollars, settling oil trades in their own currencies. The United States, which imports more foreign goods than anyone else in the world, has an unstable dollar, which could mean that Americans are spending more to import less. We're basically importing inflation with every purchase of foreign goods. Now, the government tries to hide this deficiency with three-card monthly statistics. Government inflation charts no longer include such items as food and gasoline and wage stagnation in their calculations. So we have an inflation. The real number is probably 10% and rising. Just look at your dwindling bank account and tell me if you think I'm wrong. But as our economy is, is being challenged, so are our freedoms. The NSA, the National Security Agency, is continuing its hostile takeover of Americans' privacy. The technology and storage capacity of the NSA is nearly limitless. Information about your everyday activities is captured and stored in the million square foot federal data center in Bluffdale, Utah, in the form of metadata. So are they monitoring the communications of suspected terrorists in order to prevent them from staging another attack on this country? Sure, but they're also monitoring you. They're monitoring anyone that they consider to be a right winger, a nationalist. Did you hear what I just said? All private information, including personal photographs that you put up on the uh, cloud, is being uh, stored. Okay? In addition to collecting, storing, and distributing our medical and financial records as part of the Affordable Care Act, the IRS has become the arbiter of political speech in the United States. I will go on at another time about the economics, about the civil war that is brewing, but I want to continue with the actual violence that is brewing on the left. That's the important thing. And never forget that this attack upon Putin that started with the Democrats once Trump became president is now escalated to the point where the Russians have moved men and tanks to the border of Ukraine because they fear that NATO is about to attack and take a piece of their territory. This is exactly the playbook of the Democrats. War. Never ever forget the Democrats are a party of war. In the Middle East, we had peace between the Arabs and the Jews. And what happened? Right away. Right away, Biden came in and the Democrats started the war drums against peace in the Middle East. They want war. It's good for their pockets. But what else is going to happen? We're in the midst of a military, economic, and cultural collapse that is turning us into a country in danger of catastrophic failure and could be leading to the nightmare scenario of a civil war. And I fear that with our international power and influence weakened dramatically under Biden, both Republican and Democratic plutocrats could seize control of the political process while the will of the people goes unheeded. Because conservative voices are increasingly being shut down, drowned out, and disappeared, erased, whether it's on social media or anywhere else. Civil war is the most dangerous and destructive event that can occur in any nation. It invariably involves atrocities committed by both sides against their own fellow citizens. Atrocities that could happen here. Let me go back to the American Civil War. In August of 1863, you may have heard of it. In August of 1863, you may have heard of the Quantrill's Raiders. Q-U-A-N-T-R-I-L-L apostrophe S. Quantrill's Raiders. They were a band of rebel guerrilla soldiers. They attacked the town of Lawrence, Kansas. They massacred 200 men and boys and stole hundreds of thousands of dollars from the townspeople. 
1864 battle, the Fort Pillow Massacre occurred. More than 300 African-American soldiers were killed, many as they stood weaponless with their hands raised, and after the garrison had surrendered. Union soldiers were equally murderous. In early September 1864, the city of Atlanta surrendered to the Union's Major General William Sherman. They surrendered. The rebels surrendered 1864 in Atlanta. What happened next? Some 14,000 residents, mostly older men, women, and children, watched helplessly as the good troops of the Union under Lincoln, his general being Sherman, burned Atlanta to the ground. Only 10% of Atlanta's buildings escaped the inferno. Did you know that Atlanta had been burned to the ground by Lincoln's General Sherman? In the weeks that followed and the months that followed, Sherman's troops marched to Savannah, Georgia, leaving behind a swath of destruction 40 miles wide across Georgia. Buildings were burned, family farms pillaged, innocents murdered. Lincoln's re-election that November came on the wings of Sherman's so-called glorious victory. Sherman's march might have been the most unholy act perpetrated on the American people by one of its own. But when voices rose in outrage, even some from the North, Lincoln not only turned a deaf ear, he ordered the censoring of news stories to which a compliant Associated Press acquiesced. And now, some 160 years later, a situation very similar to the one we faced before the Civil War is taking shape in America. While we're still enjoying what we think is peace, there are subterranean rumblings that portend danger ahead. Look at Minneapolis. The outrageous acts of the left to which you have become numb remind me of the months and years before the outbreak of the actual Civil War. Mm-hmm. I'll repeat again the words of Thomas Corwin addressed to Abraham Lincoln on January 1861. I cannot comprehend the madness of the times. Treason is in the air around us everywhere. It goes by the name of patriotism. That is what BLM says. They're patriots. They're just defending black people while they loot and burn. The state of our union is in the most perilous position it's been in since the 1860s. We are under assault from both inside and out as our government moves to consolidate its domestic power, while at the same time weakening our defenses against the growing power of our global enemies like China. And all the while, the progressive, liberal, if you want to call it that, government media complex watches the storm clouds gather with few key strokes of reportage, outrage, or resistance. We've come to a situation that may threaten our very existence as a nation. This is what will inevitably ensue if we fail to recognize and stand up against the forces committed to making it happen. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. You know, when Trump was president, all we saw were pictures of children, kids in cages. That's all you heard from the vermin on the left. Kids in cages, kids in cages. Well, now we have more than kids in cages. We have a humanitarian crisis on our border that is decimating our language and our culture. Do you know what the Biden administration means when it talks about humane enforcement of immigration laws? It means that it's freeing tens of thousands of illegal aliens who have been convicted of serious crimes, including nearly, including many with homicides, sexual assaults, thefts and kidnappings, and more than you can believe of drug and drunk driving convictions here in America. Obama allowed more than 36,000 convicted criminals who should have been deported to return to America's streets at that time. If you've listened to my radio show over the many years, you know the importance I placed on my motto of borders, language, and culture. And as you know by now, the Biden administration has done more to further the left's war against America by attempting to destroy these three foundation blocks of our republic than any administration in our history since Obama. When I speak to you about protecting our borders, language, and culture, I speak to you as a first-generation American. My father was an immigrant. My ancestors did not come over on the Mayflower. They came over from Russia in third-class steerage. They worked hard and died young. They learned to speak English, and they learned America's ways. They did not riot. They did not steal. They were true American immigrants. They joined the melting pot. But the so-called immigrants of today are not the same as the immigrants of yesterday. I understand that the situation is different now than it was nearly 100 years ago, but the fundamentals of immigration are the same. You come as a guest to a nation, and then you muster up every ounce of compliance and determination you can until you earn your full-time status. 
This is not the immigration formula under the Biden administration. Their idea of immigration is to grant amnesty to those who have crossed our borders illegally. In fact, bringing them in by the hundreds of thousands. Now, I oppose amnesty for many reasons. First, we need to guarantee national security. Not all terrorists fly into the United States in jets. Some of them make their way to Mexico and then walk into the country. A few were caught last week. This is one of the main reasons I oppose amnesty. We must slam the borders closed now. Trump tried to do it, and he was called every name under the sun. What about the people in this country who are not being taken care of? Giving cash grants to illegal aliens? That's right. It's being done across America by these illegitimate Democrat governors. We can look at the overcrowded detention centers. We could see that the illegals are overwhelming many of our emergency rooms and schools. And we know that almost all new immigrants are aligned with liberals and socialism. That means more votes for Nancy Pelosi. Now, I don't see these people as aliens, but as human beings. Many of them are good people, church-going, strong families. But I tell you, amnesty will destroy America. The biggest victims will be our poor Americans, white and black alike. That is the situation we're heading for. Let me go back to the 2014 Super Bowl for an example of what happened. I have nothing against all the languages spoken on the earth. I just happen to prefer English spoken in America. But when I saw the Super Bowl multicultural, multilingual Coca-Cola ad, I wanted to smash my television in with a brick. Coca-Cola should have fired anyone who came up with the idea for the ad. Better yet, they should have been deported. The commercial opened with America the Beautiful sung by a beautiful female voice. There were images of a pickup truck, cowboys and horses. It was very moving. Then all of a sudden, the anthem was being sung in a different language. And then another language, and then another. It was in Hindi, Senegalese, and Arabic. As the language changed, so did the images. Instead of cowboys, you had women in burkas and two dads roller skating with their daughter. It was the first Super Bowl ad to feature a homosexual family, according to the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. Let me explain why this ad was not patriotic. If you were to show a Coca-Cola ad in China and then start to play the Chinese national anthem in Mandarin and then suddenly broke into English and other languages, the Chinese would burn down the theater. If you're gay and have an adopted daughter and you want to roller skate with her, be my guest. I don't think it's right, but I'm not going to fight you about it. But I do care when Coca-Cola makes you emblematic of the nation that I love. You are not emblematic. I'm an American and I'm sick and tired of having to make excuses for the USA. This has gone too far on every level. They must stop debasing our most cherished possession, our pride in the nation. The reason that Coca-Cola was able to get away with that commercial, the reason the ad companies were able to get away with ads in which there are almost no white people seen anymore is because we now live in a nation whose moral fiber has degenerated. The media and this administration's relentless assault on our borders, language, and culture has expanded to include an assault on every one of our fundamental values and institutions. They are out to destroy a once righteous and heroic America and replace it with a leftist government defined by immorality and greed. Biden's immigrant surge threatens to destroy America itself. And I'll tell you more about that when I return right here on the Savage Nation podcast. Home of borders, language, culture, the Savage Nation. I would like to now talk about the war on our culture because you've heard me talk about borders, language, culture. It's obvious what they're doing to our borders. It's obvious what the nation's becoming with regard to language when you have illiterate morons rubbing their crotches being held up as role models who can't speak more than 50 words of English. Then you've got the illegals coming in who can hardly be literate in Spanish. And I ask you now, what are they doing to our culture? Are we becoming cultural Marxists? Well, as I see it, in addition to doing everything it can to eliminate our borders, the Biden administration is promoting the stealth takeover of our government, our educational system, our popular culture, and the profession of journalism in this country. The advance of leftist values and policies that characterizes this takeover has weakened the moral and cultural foundation on which this country rose to become the most powerful nation on earth. Under the Biden administration, the war on culture has expanded to include the left's war on Christians, on women, on men, on children, on minorities, and even on the rule of law. What most people don't understand is that this war has been going on under liberal leadership for well over a century, dating back to the Civil War. I'll get into the history of it in a minute, but I want to bring it up to a news story 
of today. I follow what they're doing in our universities. Our once great universities are being turned into swamps. They admitted people who could never keep up with anybody on the basis of color, sexual orientation, anything except academic standards. As a result, they have polluted virtually everything they have touched. I received an email today from a friend inside a university at San Diego State University. Apparently, University of Missouri at Columbia, who is another, apparently, there is a new category of professor. It's called a professor of identity and justice in STEM education in, at the University of Missouri, Columbia. Now, STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. An idiot, a total and absolute Marxist idiot, has been allowed into this university in a department that's supposed to teach science, technology, engineering, and math into a program called Assistant Professor of Identity and Justice in STEM education. And so they send out an email. And it comes from a woman named Bianca Mothe. This one is at Cal State, San Diego State University. And she says, you're invited to a conversation on power, structural racism, and perceptions of normalty in STEM through a lens of critical race theory with so-called Dr. Terrell Morton, assistant professor of identity and justice in STEM education at the University of Missouri-Columbia. This will take place on April 28th, 2021, from 11 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. And it says, so-called Dr. Morton will provide participants with professional development in equity and justice through naming systemic racism and unpacking its implications on the lived experience of racially minoritized people in STEM. Through the critical race theory informed approach, participants will receive tangible tools and resources that prompt awareness, understanding and action towards racial equity and justice through individual, personal, as well as individual professional roles and responsibilities the webinar will consist of a lecture followed by an optional interactive conversation in which participants will explore ways to implement principles from the lecture. We invite you to attend the lecture and participate in the conversation. This event is proudly hosted by the CSU Council on Ocean Affairs, Science and Technology. I want to pause right here. Cal State University Council on Ocean Affairs, Science and Technology has injected a racist to teach a course on racism and perceptions of normalty in a program that's supposed to be teaching students about science, technology, engineering, and math. Please feel free to contact Dr. Krista Kamer, K-A-M-E-R, CSU Coast Director, or Dr. Bianca Mothe, M-O-T-H-E, Interim Executive Director, with any questions. Thank you, Krista Kamer, PhD, she, her, his. She, her, his, director of CSU Council on Ocean Affairs, Science, and Technology. And uh, she gives her email address, kkamer, K-K-A-M-E-R, that's two Ks, K-K-A-M-E-R, at csumb.edu. Can you believe what I am reading to you? A group that is supposed to be teaching on marine and coastal-related activities has injected a deviant Marxist to teach a course on racism while teaching racism against white people and teaching a course against normal people, heterosexual people. You heard me. So you say to yourself, are you making this up? I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to teach you. I'm trying to instruct you. I and many others have been warning you for years about the long march through the universities. I've given you another example. And as I said to you, this began well over a century ago, dating back to the Civil War. The result of this century and a half of moral erosion is what? What I just read you. The universities have been poisoned, polluted, toxified. You cannot turn on a TV set, sit down in a movie theater. Well, if you can even open them, go in anymore. You can't open a newspaper, those that exist, or a magazine, without being bombarded with filth that would have gotten its creators jailed a little more than a half a century ago. The degenerate leftists and their lack of principles behind the disappearance of moral and cultural decency has infiltrated our federal government and many of our most important institutions. From the Department of Justice to the IRS to the U.S. military, 
Our institutions are rife with corruption that threatens U.S. politics and our national security. The history of the political convictions that have consistently formed the foundation of the left's agenda is a history of anger at and hatred of religion, capitalism, individual initiative, and heterosexuality. Leftists hate the very foundations of Western culture. Every baseless critique launched by contemporary Democrats brands them as implicitly remorseless and unapologetic practitioners of a reductive and degenerate method of operation based on lies and unrelenting criticism of the opposition. The leftist commitment to destroying capitalism and democratic government itself has metastasized to the point where we no longer have an option. We've got to find ways to eliminate the influence they've accumulated as they infiltrate every aspect of American life. What we're facing in the United States today is the rise of what can be called cultural Marxism. In the 1960s, the slogan was, make love, not war. That became the rallying cry of a generation of hippies and leftist subversives who opposed the war in Vietnam. These words were credited to Herbert Marcuse, a communist professor who escaped Nazi Germany in the 1930s and set up shop in America. Marcuse and another popular Marxist author, Eric Fromm, became influential leaders of the movement towards Marxism in this country. Both Marcuse and Fromm were proponents of what was called polymorphous sexuality. That term for them represented the ultimate liberation of mankind from sexual repression and from the need to work for a living. They envisioned a society in which American citizens would give up individual freedom to the state and become pleasure-seeking functionaries whose only value consisted in pushing the envelope of hedonism. Does it sound familiar? Well, I can continue with this if you would like, but you can open up virtually any website and see how far this has been ramped up and how degenerate this nation has become with regard to the meltdown of the moral foundations of this nation and the emergence of Marxist culture, if you want to call it that. Marxist culture is being imposed on the most vulnerable of Americans, our children. It's crept far beyond merely spending money to keep them imprisoned, meaning Americans. It's invaded everything from our military to the Christian churches and communities so reviled by the left. Many of the Christian churches now are Marxist churches. As I've said many times to you on my radio show over many years, I'm a sexual libertarian. What you want to do with a consenting partner is your business. I don't care. You could dress up like Tinkerbell and run around your bedroom in tights and a tutu. As long as I don't have to watch you, I don't care. I should say I don't care as long as it's within the law and you're not hurting another person and it doesn't involve children. As long as you don't run the country. But take a look at what's around Biden. Take a look at what's running this country now. Marxist culture, you see, is built on the inherent distrust of strong males. The cultural Marxists have their hatred of men and their suppression of maleness based on the fact that they see patriarchal societies and culture as the enemies of the state. That is why so many militant lesbians have declared themselves to be Marxists, such as the two militant lesbian con women who run Black Lives Matter. Male-dominated capitalism equals oppression to these Marxists, or so they say. They beat this drum to rally those who feel oppressed. A virile, successful man is cast as the enemy, black or white, Hispanic or Asian. The left's agenda can succeed only if the male population is neutralized and disempowered. Part of this administration's war against American males is carried out through what I see as its decimation of the military leadership, which I will talk about later on in another podcast. This administration it seems to be spending all of its time on defense only when that money goes to embarrass the military. I can tell you more about that at another time. Right now, I want to stick to the left's war on our borders, language, and culture. And I will do so right here on the Savage Nation podcast. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. As I conclude this podcast today, you'll recognize that this country is in dire straits. I used to say 
not so jokingly, that America's future hangs in the balance like a loose tooth. I said that while Obama was decimating this country, attacking the police, attacking white people, attacking the middle class, all the while laughing all the way to the bank with his wife, Michelle Obama. Well, today we have another problem, a bigger problem, a far bigger problem that will last until your grandchildren's lives come to an end, and that is packing the Supreme Court with far-left activists instead of judges. First, Biden signed an executive order creating a commission on changes to the Supreme Court, and then suddenly, before the commission even found what it was supposed to be looking for, they made an announcement with that slob, Nadler, that they're going to pack the Supreme Court, expanding the number of justices, which has long been a goal of radical leftist members of the Democrat Party, in addition to setting term limits for justices. So the old Biden opposed packing the courts. The new Biden is being led by the squid, like occasional cortex, and they're going to pack the court with leftist members of the Democrat Party and then set term limits on justices in order to get rid of uh, any moderate or conservative Supreme Court justice. Now, the fact of the matter is, this is a change that will last forever. FDR tried to pack the Supreme Court. He was the most socialist of all presidents until Obama came along. But even FDR backed away from this when his own party said, don't do this, it will cost us in the election because most Americans revered and still revere the Supreme Court and do not want it turned into a political football. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Do you understand how this works? When you reform the Supreme Court, what you're doing is changing the Supreme Court to make it a political court. The judges will become just politicians in robes. Our confidence in the courts, which is already at a low, the rule of law itself, which is already at a low, will only diminish further. The court's power will be laughed at. It will not be a check on the other branches. It will be seen as nothing but an extension of the radical left in this country. Now, the current podcast that is up, the last one that was up, on uh, the killing of that thug by the cop who then was fired and is now being arrested and all of that, I was arrested and all that, it's all in there. All the details of this have already been covered in my prior podcast. What I'd like to conclude today's podcast on Stop the Coming Civil War or the Coming Civil War is the decimation of the middle class, and I'm only going to begin that today. I intend to continue the Civil War series in this podcast, in, uh, in my next podcast perhaps. But there's a new story that you have to pay attention to. Not only do they want to decimate your life in every way they can, but if you look at what Biden and his team of leftist radicals are doing, they're trying to destroy Democrat-run suburbs. Under the Biden infrastructure plan, what they want to do is build high-rises and move, let me be very clear, poor people into white suburbs. I mean, let's not mince words. This is a long-standing goal of the radical left. You have worked all your life to get away from crime. You worked all your life to get your children to a school that's relatively safe. And what he wants to do is annihilate suburban single-family housing. It was summed up from the far-left USA Today as follows. Listen to what USA Today said, and I renamed that newspaper a long time ago, USA Away. Biden's proposal would award grants and tax credits to cities that change zoning laws to bolster more equitable access to affordable housing. A house with a white picket fence and a big backyard for a 4th of July barbecue may be a staple of the American dream, but experts and local politicians say multifamily zoning is key to combating climate change, racial injustice, and the nation's growing affordable housing crisis. In other words, by moving people in who will beat up your children, and break into your house and rob you. That's the answer to climate change, racial injustice, and affordable housing? Yes, if you're Jerry Nadler. Remember Donald Trump warned us that Biden was out to destroy the suburbs. And Vermin and CNN said it was a lie. But already Biden and the Democrats have said the suburbs are racist. And now they want to punish white people by zoning the suburbs for affordable housing, in plain English. That means that black people who've escaped the slums, Asians who've escaped poverty, Hispanics who have worked their way up and escaped poverty and moved to the suburbs, 
will be decimated and attacked by the people they ran away from. They have put a, a bullseye on the suburbs. And they're going to bribe local politicians through federal grants and such in order to change the Democrat-run suburbs into exactly what they ran from in the big cities. So all the hard work and financial investment that white, black, Asians, Hispanics have put into their suburban homes will be put at risk under this plan put forward by the most radical president in American history, smiling Joe Biden. I hope to continue this discussion of the coming civil war in the next podcast, where I will continue my discussion of the end of the middle class, the civil war against science, the civil war in our schools, and the civil war in our military. Thank you for listening. I'm Michael Savage. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed and learned something from it. And I want to remind you of something that I think is important for you to know. We have over 280 Savage Nation podcast episodes available to you absolutely free. I'll say that again. You can go back into this vast library of over 280 episodes and listen to any one of them or several of them at your leisure. So you never have to be without the Savage Nation. Thank you very much for listening.